0: What's up, divers? Welcome into Deep Dive Fantasy Football. We're going to be basically doing finishing touches on wide receivers. Remember, you can follow us at Deep Dive FF on Twitter, Deep Dive Fantasy Football on Instagram. Check out the website, DeepDiveFantasyFootball.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gabor, G H A B B O U R. Brandon is spelled just like the city. So let's just get right into it. Basically, we are gonna be going over free agents, a lot of uh, highlighted wide receiver free agents that I would like to focus on, talk about places that they could end up, how that would look for them fantasy-wise. And also, we will be looking at the opening spots, the teams that need wide receivers, and what they can do to either get receivers through the draft or through free agency. But before we do that, before we get started with that, I just want to give you guys an update since the combine has settled down. That was either a week or two ago now. And so I'm going to give you my pretty much final updated rankings of the rookie wide receivers real quick. First off. We have Jerry Judy. He hasn't moved for me. Him and CeeDee Lamb are pretty much 1A, 1B. It doesn't make a difference to me. Both of them are going to be great receivers in their own ways. Jerry Judy is a more pro-ready, polished route runner. I think he'll probably put up better stats if they land in similar quarterback situations, like if they're both on good teams. Judy is most likely to have better stats um, to start, but Lamb... Once he comes on and once he learns his routes more, refines his routes and everything, he's a beast in his own right. He's more like, the, the way I comped it was, and you probably haven't heard this for Jerry Judy, I compared him to a faster, more athletic Jordy Nelson. Um, and then, so, you know, he's a route runner. He he always gets open. He's got sure hands. And then you got CeeDee Lamb, who's more like a DeAndre Hopkins um, and also with Jerry Judy, he's a he's fast at making people miss. That's something that Jordy didn't really have, so he's better after the catch. But like DeAndre Hopkins, CeeDee Lamb is strong, has a nice vert, can get up and just win tough balls with people right in his face. He's got the one-hand amazing catchability. So those are my one and two. And then at three, I have Henry Ruggs. Um, I am actually a lot higher on him in fantasy terms of fantasy, for fantasy purposes, than what I've been seeing from other analysts and people in the industry. I I guess that a lot of people are weary on him because they think he's going to be like a boomer bust guy, Um, kind of like Marquise Brown was. While that's true, I think he has a different type of potential than these other guys that we're comparing him to, or other people are comparing him to. I think he's more similar to, in terms of projection It's a lofty projection, but down the road with good development, I think he could be like a Tyreek Hill or an Antonio Brown in terms that he is very fast. He's not a great route runner right now, and he's always open just because he's that much better athletically. So once he becomes a better route runner, he will be pretty much unstoppable in that way, kind of like Tyreek Hill is. And then he also has great vertical ability. You saw that with his... Stats at the combine, he's obviously super fast. Ran his 427 official, and <clears throat> he is great at the catch point, too. Uh, that's something that's different about him. Marquise Brown coming out, you don't have a lot of contested catches that he's pulling in, and uh, Henry Ruggs does have that. You also didn't have that with John Ross, you know, our NFL combine 40 yard dash record holder at 422, but he was just a deep threat. Marquise Brown. He can do a lot, but he's mainly a deep threat. That's not what Henry Ruggs is. That's just the cherry on top of his skill set, in my opinion. And I think that he can become a very consistent, very dominant receiver if he lands in a good situation. Um, I guess since I just talked that much about Henry Ruggs, I'll just say this from now. I was going to say this till later, but my dream scenario for Ruggs, and it's very realistic, is the Eagles. The most mocked the, the most commonly mocked places for Henry Ruggs to end up right now are the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Eagles, from what I've seen. And I think all three of them are realistic, but the best spot by far would be the Eagles. Obviously, just looking at the very most important thing, quarterback. Carson Wentz is a great quarterback. He does a lot with a little. And Henry Ruggs would give him much more than a little. And so I think he would be a beast with Ruggs, and it would be kind of a throwback to the days when they had Deshaun Jackson and that deep threat. Um, so I think Henry Ruggs, for dynasty purposes, if you like Rugs and you're rooting for Rugs, maybe some of you guys have already had drafts. I don't like having my drafts this early, but some of you may have. And if you have gotten Henry Ruggs, this is where you want him to land. I think he'd be de- decent in uh, Denver with Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton, be the, the complimentary receiver to Cortland, take the top off the defense. But I'm not sure... We just haven't seen enough of Drew Locke for that to be a spot where you really want to see Ruggs end up right now. So in in those terms, I, I think that the Eagles, especially with their O-line, and they always value the trenches, I, I think that they're going to keep their O-line strong even as their older guys start to fade out and retire or whatnot, leave in free agency. Um, I think that that's definitely the best spot for Rugs. And then after Ruggs, I'll start getting through this a little bit quicker um after rugs i have t higgins at four he didn't do anything at the combine so i couldn't really move the needle either which way justin jefferson at five he moved up for me a couple spots i already thought he was more athletic than people are giving him credit for but he actually still performed better than i thought he would have so i moved him up a bit La- lavisca Chenault, i have at six he was higher i have him down not because he ran a bad 40 time um at the nfl combine i think he was injured. He came in at like a four five nine, but that was the only workout that he did. He didn't even run his second time, so I'm pretty sure he got injured. And um, yeah, there's just reports. Okay, so I thought he got injured when I when I watched it, but recently there have, have been reports that he did get injured, and that's just kind of why I have him so low. It's not that I think he's not better than some of these other guys. He's probably better than Justin Jefferson and T Higgins, but. LaVisca Chanel has an injury risk factor that makes me push him down my rankings. And then at seven, Denzel Mims, he was by far the biggest mover after the combine. He ran in the four fours, I believe. It might have been a four three eight. I probably here. I can actually pull it up while I keep talking about him. But um, yeah, he ran way faster than we thought. And he also had a good vertical. He had the the fastest three cone. All right, I have him right here. I went to my article with my updated stuff his 40 was yeah it was a 438 official and then his vertical jump was almost 39 inches 38 and a half he had the fastest three cone was 666 hopefully that doesn't jinx him in any way it's not a good number um it is statistically but you know what i mean and then broad jump was almost 11 feet at ten eleven. so he had by far some of the best numbers out of all the receivers he did have the best three cone um which can speak to acceleration And um, hip fluidity, maybe, possibly. I think it it does, but I'm sure there are people who would argue that. Um, But yeah, so Denzel Mims moved up high for me. And then after Denzel Mims, I have Jalen Rager. He moved down because he was way slower than we thought, but he did put on a lot of weight, so that's probably part of it. If you look at his play speed, he's really fast. Don't forget the tape just because of numbers. Um, I think Rager is still really fast. I just moved him down a bit because... We didn't see what we wanted, and that's kind of the essence of his game is his speed, so it just wasn't great, and then Donovan Peoples-Jones at nine. I have him, um, I had him move up a couple spots, but I was already high on Donovan. I think I had him at either 10 or 11, so he didn't really move up that much because I already thought better of him than other people, and thank goodness he proved me right. He showed the speed that I thought he had, Um, so yeah, he, my comp for Donovan Peoples-Jones was an was an Allen Robinson type player, so I like him a lot, and that's my wide receiver 9, so this is a sick wide receiver class, you guys have already heard all about it from my other podcasts, and then my 10th receiver is Tyler Johnson, Tyler Johnson is very polarizing right now, he didn't run, he probably, well, I would say he would have helped himself by running, but not if his numbers came in bad, which is probably what he's waiting for to get better at, so he can do it at his pro day, plus we all know you know the pro day numbers are a little bit a little bit skewed in favor of the player um but he he should hopefully put up decent numbers i mean if he's running i don't think he's going to run the 46s i've heard a couple of people say that i think that's ridiculous hopefully they're not right because if he runs in the 46s i'm going to have to move him out of my top 10 but i think he's like a 4 5 1 4 5 4 type of player hopefully he runs around that maybe high 44s four if i get lucky but Those are my top 10 receivers. I could go through the rest. You could check it out on the article, Um, but those are the 10 receivers we're going to be talking about today later on when we're talking about landing spots. But let's get into the free agents now. All right, so these receivers are not, this is not a collectively exhaustive list. I don't have everyone that's a free agent receiver. I just have the people that I think could have a fantasy impact depending on if they land somewhere nice. So first off, we have Sammy Watkins, um, The Chiefs don't really need him. He definitely helps, but he's injured a lot. They signed him to an expensive contract. They're going to need money for Mahomes soon. um, And they just have better places they can spend their money, especially on the defensive side. They're good at receiver. They have Miko and Tyreek and Kelsey now. So Sammy Watkins is definitely going to be a free agent. He's not going to get re-signed by the Chiefs by any means. I think he can be a good receiver. Obviously, he's shown us good numbers when he plays. Um, And, yeah, I'll just move on to Amari Cooper now. Um, I'm just going to go through everyone real quick. Amari Cooper, I have him listed right now as a free agent only because Dallas is taking a really long time to get things sorted. We're approaching um, free agency very quickly. We're only, like, 10 days away. Um, And Amari Cooper and Dak are both unsigned. And they need to sign Dak. They offered a 100 about $100 million deal for three years with a bunch of guaranteed money. They just offered him. Uh, It comes out to like 33 a year. So yeah, I think it was like three years for a hundred million. If he doesn't sign that, I'm going to be very concerned about what Dallas is going to do. And then we're going to have to talk about Dallas or Dak Prescott as a free agent quarterback and throwing him into the mix of the crazy amount of quarterbacks that we have available right now. This is the craziest free agency in terms of quarterbacks I've seen. Um, But Amari Cooper is another good one. I don't think he's going to be going back to Dallas because they are strap cap cap strapped right now. And then we have Robbie Anderson from the Jets. He's a burner, but he's also just a good receiver all around. He's not just a burner, but that part of his game really, really is dynamic and will make him a very good option for wherever he goes. Emmanuel Sanders, I'm a little less on this guy, on Sanders, I almost didn't put him on there, but there are a few teams he could land, um, which we'll talk about later, that he would be fantasy relevant, then we have Taylor Gabriel, a lot of people may have forgotten about Taylor Gabriel, I'm not going to sleep on him, because I remember him, as most of you guys know, I'm already, I'm a Bucks fan, I remember him when he was in Atlanta, and he would burn our DBs every once in a while, he's a quick, small guy, then he obviously went to Chicago, that's where he's leaving now, um. And t- Taylor Gabriel is one of those receivers that I think is going to be um, a great steal in this free agency because of the other names above him that I've already mentioned. I think somebody might get him pretty cheap. But one person I do like more than him now, which I can't believe I'm saying this, but this all happened in one year and actually from my team, Brashad Perryman. So Perryman was given the, the label as a bust because he was a former first round pick by the Ravens. And he didn't work out. He was constantly injured. He had some drop problems. And then he moved to Cleveland last year. Not the year that just ended, sorry, the year before that. And he didn't really do much there. He kind of, from what I've heard, he was hoping for, you know, a chance to show out and show what he has and get his career back on track. But then, obviously, they traded for Odell Beckham. And that receiver room got a little too crowded. Um, He asked to leave. Then he came to the Bucs. Now, it's funny because I don't know if uh, he was thinking that, you know, OBJ and Jarvis are a better combo than Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, or maybe just the fact that we throw the ball so much and Jameis kind of just airs it out freely. Maybe he thought that would be a better opportunity, but turned out to work very well in his favor. He did really good once Evans and Godwin got uh, injured. He had four 100-yard receiving games as our wide receiver one, facing number one corner coverage. Um, And he hasn't seen that in a while. And so I don't know if it just speaks, I think it speaks a little bit to Tampa Bay's receiving coaches and developing in that area. But Brashad Perriman's a really good receiver. He also showed things that we hadn't really seen from him in terms of contested catchability, um, what I like to say, taking uh, balls off DB's helmets. Um, There was a lot of sideline grabs that he had that were nice, a lot of toe taps. So it wasn't just a deep threat which is kind of what he was viewed as coming out. And then lastly, we have Nelson Aguilar. It's kind of not counterintuitive, but it's just, to me, it's kind of funny that he's on the free agent list because Nelson Aguilar is a wide receiver leaving a team that needs wide receivers. And so I I guess maybe they just don't want to pay him. He's not exactly what they want. They still There's still a chance they re-sign him. But if he actually does leave the Eagles, I'll kind of scratch my head over that because he is a good athlete, and right now they're really struggling at receiver, and athleticism is what they need most, and he's probably the most athletic receiver that they have. So I don't think he should be a free agent, but it looks like he is. And if he ends up going somewhere, obviously I'll give you guys updates on what I think that means for fantasy. But those are the free agent wide receivers that I think are very relevant for this discussion today, and um we're going to get into landing spots now all right so before i started this podcast i figured i would do a little bit of digging on the landing spots just to give you guys a better insight something that you may have not looked at and most people don't talk that much about don't spend much time talking about and that's the capital that these teams uh in terms of draft capital have to acquire receivers because if you have a lot of picks um For teams that have a lot of picks and cap space that's a different story but when you have a lot of picks i think you're more likely to use those uh picks to fill your wide receiver need than using free agency just because of how rich this draft is in wide receivers so any teams that you know of which we'll go over that need wide receivers it's more likely to me that they go and look in the draft than they do in free agency unless they're a team with very few picks so The Patriots are the first team I have listed. The Patriots need weapons, especially if they're going to bring Brady back, because that's one of his main complaints is that, you know, he needs more weapons. He needs help. He has Edelman, Nikhil Harry, Mohamed Sanu, and, you know, they tried with Josh Gordon. They tried with Antonio Brown. It's actually contrary to what people seem to be saying. It's not that the Patriots haven't tried to help Brady. It's just not where he wants it to be right now. Nikhil Harry, I still believe in. I think he'll develop nicely. Then they have Julian Edelman in the slot, but Julian Edelman's getting older and he gets hurt, you know, he he's a pretty reliable guy throughout his career, but he does, has been getting hurt a lot more these past three, four years. And they don't have like a crazy good tight end like he's always had. They don't have that, just that target that Brady really, really wants. And if Brady's going to go back, they're definitely going to be Bringing in some weapons, I don't see him going back there without them showing him that they will use some capital to basically fit his demands. So right now they have a first rounder, a second rounder, a third rounder, and two fourths. So pretty standard one, two, three, four. They just have a second extra fourth rounder. But as we know, Bill Belichick is a mastermind with projected com or with compensatory picks. So I have some of the projected compensatory picks i basically just did the top four rounds for all the teams i didn't do their whole draft capital just because most of the good receivers that are going to have fantasy impacts are going to come from these rounds yes there will be gems um, that will arise out of nowhere but if we try to look at that that's hours and hours of podcasting so just for the sake of this podcast i just did rounds one through four the patriots are projected to get two extra third rounders by losing people that they drafted and in free agency, so the Patriots could end up with a first, a second, three-thirds, and two-fourths. They are definitely a prime candidate to move up for a wide receiver, if that's the case, and I would love for any of the receivers in my top 10 to go to the Patriots, especially if Brady's back, Um, and I actually have my basically dream... Scenario for certain receivers. So, what I did was I assigned from my landing spots, and I'll just do it as we go down. I assigned one team to one receiver that's either a free agent or rookie that I really want to see this player team matchup. And I couldn't reuse the player and I couldn't reuse the team. So, my player matchup with the Patriots is a draft pick, uh, Jalen Rager. I think Jalen Rager would be perfect in New England because he has the speed. But he's also, especially now that he put on extra weight, he's very physical. He can play in the slot and outside. So while they still have Edelman, he can be outside while still taking reps in the slot throughout games and throughout practice and get mentorship from Julian Edelman. And then he can become the newest Patriot slot receiver. You know, we've seen Wes Welker, we've seen Julian Edelman. He can carry and continue the tradition. And then you would have Jalen Rager and Nikhil Harry to move forward with in the organization on offense. I think that's a really nice pairing, a nice duo. I would love to see Jalen Rager in New England. And I think he would be very good in fantasy. I could see him. um, Receivers, rookie receivers usually start out slow in general. But I think in the Patriots especially, just because of how Belichick works, Um, I think it takes a lot to get his trust going in you, and I don't think he would start out right away, but in terms of dynasty, I think he would be a great pick back end of the first, top of the second round pick in rookie drafts most likely, and I think it would work out very well for you in the long run, and I think he could be one of the top waiver pickups if he ended up with the Patriots after a few people drop him because he's probably going to start slow. Much like Nikhil Harry did start slow. He didn't pick up as we wanted, but just in that same scenario with people that draft him, dropping him, and then him being able to contribute to your team. So I would love to see Jalen Rager in New England. Also, he's a better compliment to a Nikhil Harry, who's a taller, slower, more physical dominant receiver, kind of like you know in the Mike Evans genre. Um and then you would have your more faster underneath route type of guy with Jalen Rager. And he can always take screens to the house, so that also helps, and that's a great um piece in New England's offenses screen the screen game. The next team that really needs a wide receiver is the Bills. So unfortunately the Bills don't have much draft capital. Um they're they're just standard right now and they had a really good year, so they're picking in the back end of all the rounds, but they just have uh, their regular one, two, three, and 4th round picks. And then they do have a lot of cap space, though. So I think the Bills, a lot of people like to mock wide receivers in the first round to them, including me. And once I start releasing, I'll probably release two mocks, maybe only one, depending. But as we get closer to the draft, I'll release mocks. I might even mock a receiver to them, depending uh, on what they do in free agency. But I think it's very possible that they do not draft a receiver in the top three or four rounds because they only have one pick each round and they have a lot of cap space and that cap space could easily be used to get one of the free agent receivers and I don't have a dream matchup for the Bills just because my dream matchups are mutually beneficial for both the team and the receiver and I think the wide receiver that goes to the Bills would help the Bills a lot more than the Bills would help the receiver if that makes sense just because they're not going to be a team that's throwing the ball a lot that's not their identity. And the wide receiver is going to help the offense move the ball, but he's probably not going to get as many opportunities as he would like or as he would in other situations. Um, But it would be pretty funny if we saw Sammy Watkins go back to Buffalo. I don't think that's going to happen, but that would be entertaining. Um, But out of the free agent crop, I mean, maybe if AJ Green doesn't get tagged, although I think he is since Joe Burrow told the Bengals to tag him, he would be a receiver that would really help in Buffalo. But outside of him, Amari Cooper would help, but he is not the big dominant receiver that I think that would be a better fit in Buffalo. They're a very dominant physical team, and they play in cold weather, and they just like to pound the rock and rely on their defense. So I think, especially with Josh Allen not being the most accurate, I like Josh Allen for fantasy and everything, so don't take me as talking smack about him, but Josh Allen's not the most accurate, and we all know that. And so a bigger receiver with a good catch radius is what they'd be looking for. There's actually not that many of those in this free agent class um, other than Sammy Watkins and A.J. Green. So actually, they probably are better off looking in the draft. I just think it's going to be hard for them to do that from a team standpoint. And if I was the GM, I would probably try and grab one of these um, free agents and then maybe spend a later pick on wide receiver depending on who who's available. But if they have somebody sick available in the first or in the, in the second, then I would definitely grab one. I just, I'm not sure that they're going to get one of the top, top flight wide receivers dropping to them because they are, because of how successful they were this past season, picking pretty late. And then after that, we have the Dolphins. So the Dolphins are super interesting because they are the team that has a lot of draft capital and a lot of um, cap space. So if you're the Dolphins speaking or thinking of coming from a rebuilding perspective, we have to assume, I guess we don't have to, but I would like to assume, and it's safe to do so, that they get a rookie receiver this year, or a rookie uh, quarterback this year, whether it is Tua Tagovailoa or Justin Herbert. Some reports are coming out that they like Justin Herbert more. Um, And then they have Ryan Fitzpatrick there under contract. So for the first year, whether they get Herbert or Tua, especially if they get Tua, I think Fitzpatrick is going to be be their quarterback all season. And Fitzpatrick has always been good for fantasy wide receivers. Devontae Parker finally had his breakout last year with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And the Bucs receivers were amazing with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He does a lot for people. He even, when he was with the Jets, made Brandon Marshall relevant and Eric Decker relevant. So Fitzpatrick is a great quarterback in terms of what we want as um, uh, fantasy players and we want the receivers and running back and the offense to be able to move the ball to get as much points as possible obviously so they have three first rounders two second rounders a third and two fourths so that is eight picks in the top four rounds five picks in the first two rounds so i think they're a prime candidate to take advantage of this really really good receiver class and use one maybe two of those picks for receivers Um, They have a lot of draft capital, so they could try to bring in a receiver, but I think they're better off getting a younger receiver that they can develop simultaneously along with whatever quarterback they end up getting. So with the Dolphins, I also don't have a dream scenario for them in terms of picking one receiver because, let's face it, we don't know exactly what's going on there yet. We don't know the team makeup, and I'm not exactly sure what type of receiver they're looking for because outside of Devontae Parker, that's basically, I mean, Preston Williams has done good. He's bigger. So maybe between Parker and Preston Williams, they're, they're looking for a, a smaller, faster type receiver. So maybe like a, uh, a Jalen Rager, a KJ Hamler, a, um, the guy with Brian Edwards. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Devin DuVernay, somebody like that, but they could also use a big receiver. So just keep your eye out. I think that the wide receiver that ends up there, if he's a first or second round pick and it's any of the guys in my top 10, he will be fantasy relevant for sure because of Ryan Fitzpatrick and because he won't have that much pressure on him because he won't be the number one. That's going to be Devontae Parker, who I also believe in as a wide receiver too this year. Then we have the Jets. They have a one, a two, two thirds and a fourth. So they only have one extra pick than normal. A lot of people like to give them CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy, usually Jerry Judy in their mock drafts in the first round. If Jerry Judy goes to the Jets, I'm going to be upset because I do not like that fit. It's not that I don't think that they could use him and that he would be good. It's just that he has so much potential. And whether it's just the past that, you know, fogs my mind in terms of, the New York Jets, I do not see any receivers going to the Jets and being great in fantasy. Um, you know, they have a lot going on with Adam Gase. Adam Gase has also been provenly frustrating consistently through his career and whatever offenses he is coaching. So they already have Le'Veon Bell, they have Quincy Nunwa, Robbie Anderson, they're letting him go. Um, they have Jamison Crowder. They just have like a bunch of guys. They don't have like a superstar, but I don't know if Sam Darnold is in the position to make a, a receiver become elite. And that's what we want for Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb, we want them to be elite. We want them to go to a situation that would make them elite. And so I definitely do not want him going to the Jets. Um, So any receiver that goes to the Jets, I'm going to be way lower on. Then we have the Bengals. The Bengals, despite the fact that they were the worst team in the NFL this year and have the first pick in every round don't have any extra draft capital, which is very unfortunate. They only have one pick in each of the first four rounds. So obviously they're taking Joe Burrow at one. A lot of people are worried that Joe Burrow's going to become a bust, not due to his own ability, but due to going to the Bengals organization. And a lot of people are telling him that he should not go there. I think that would be a bad move. I really like Joe Burrow. Part of his story has been the comeback. being doubted being slept on having to go through adversity and basically show people that they were wrong and he did that from going ohio from ohio state to lsu and then becoming a heisman trophy winner and putting up the best college season we have ever seen statistically from the quarterback position in college and now he's going to a team that a lot of people don't believe in an organization that nobody believes in and a team that has frankly, had very little success other than making the playoffs when they had Marvin Lewis, but never winning in the playoffs. They never won one game. So really, Joe Burrow, I think that's the dream scenario for him. That's how he builds his legacy, is going to the Bengals. And I think he will be fine because one of the big things and big problems last year was the lack of the offensive line for the Bengals. Well, their first-round draft pick last year, Jonah Williams, who is really good, and you can play him at tackle or guard, got hurt, and didn't play at all in the season. And then they had another starting offensive lineman get hurt. So that's two starting offensive linemen that they were short on the entire season last year. Jonah Williams is going to come back. There's a possibility they draft another O-lineman or sign an O-lineman in free agency. I think that's the better route for them to take because they have limited draft capital, and we want them to use the draft capital for other spots they definitely want to use it for other spots as well and considering Jack Conklin is a free agent right now he played right tackle for the Tennessee Titans he's young and he when he's on the field he's had some injury problems but when he's on the field he's played really well so I think that that would be a nice addition for them or they could go somewhere else and get a different person maybe Trent Williams or whatnot but hopefully they draft a uh draft a receiver so that we can have somebody to grow with Joe Burrow and they just use the cap space that they have or free agency to fix the O line a little bit more than just having Jonah Williams return. But I'm not that concerned about their offense. I'm actually very excited for Joe Mixon. I have him in a couple of my leagues. Um I'm very excited for him in the future. I think their offense is gonna be very good next year. Not elite, not top 10, but I think at least middle of the pack, because you have to remember their defense is horrible. And like I said, they don't have many draft picks to address their team. And even if they did, rookies don't make impacts right away. Some of them do, but they're not going to transform their defense in a year. And so their defense is going to be really bad, really porous. They're going to be playing catch up and throwing the ball a lot. And Joe Burrow is going to be very, very relied upon this year. And he's going to see a lot of opportunity. So I think they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Whatever receiver goes there, and I hope it's T. Higgins, would be very, very good. So that's my dream scenario right there. I just gave it to you. T. Higgins to Cincinnati. So, so far for my dream scenarios, we have Jalen Rager going to New England. And now T. Higgins going to the Bengals. Because he would be the perfect A.J. Green replacement. My NFL Comparison to T. Higgins is Brandon Marshall. And Brandon Marshall is a big receiver who's very tough, hard to bring down, has a great catch radius, has good body contortion. He is a decent route runner, but he wasn't elite. He obviously got to that point through development later on in his career, but um, he's also not the best at like making people miss with like cutbacks, 360 spins, but he gets the job done and he was a great yards after catch receiver despite that because of his toughness, pushing people off of him, fighting through contact. That's what I see in T Higgins. And T Higgins has great ball adjustment and tracking skills and great um high point skills, contested catch skills, so I would love that to be the receiver that ends up in Cincinnati to grow with Joe Burrow. And then you also have Tyler Boyd in the slot and then you can have John Ross on the other side, if he's healthy, taking the top off the defense. All of a sudden, you have a complete, well-rounded wide receiver core. Then, after the Bengals, we have the Raiders. The Raiders have two firsts um, and three thirds. They also have their second and fourth, but those are the extra picks they have, so they have two extra thirds and an extra first. If Jerry Judy... He's going to go to one of the teams in the top 15. I don't see somebody being able to trade up and grab Jerry Judy. I think the best places for him, I don't have a dream scenario for him either, but the best places for him would be, that's realistic, the Raiders or the Colts. Um, So I think either of those two places would be good. But we don't necessarily know what the Raiders are doing at quarterback right now. We know that they're one of the teams trying to um, get Tom Brady. And then they also have Derek Carr, obviously. So we don't really know what they're doing. They also could be looking at a franchise quarterback in the draft. So their quarterback situation is going to be very dependent or the wide receiver outlook is going to be very dependent on their quarterback situation. So I'm not really comfortable saying that I want a specific receiver going there right now because I don't know who would be the best fit for them. Then we have the Broncos. The Broncos have their regular first and second, then they have three thirds and two fourths. So they have a lot of capital, extra capital in the the later part of the rounds. Um, but the Broncos have Cortland Sutton developing, they have Deshaun Hamilton, he's just kind of a guy. Um, so they need that wide receiver too. And a lot of people have Henry Ruggs going there. I was talking about them and Drew Locke earlier. Um, so I, there's not anybody specifically that I would like to go to the Broncos, but they are definitely a team that is going to be taking a receiver. I'm just not going to be that high on that receiver. I think that Cortland Sutton can continue his good production, but I'm not sure if I totally buy Drew Locke being able to give enough production fantasy wise for two receivers um, in Denver. So I think it would help the team more than it would help the receiver in this situation. Then we have the Colts, like I was just talking about. This is a spot that I would like, especially if we know what they're doing at quarterback. I think in terms of as a GM and just team building, I think it would be really smart for the Colts to try and get Jordan Love. He might be there for them at 13, and um, if he is, I think that they should take him. Jordan Love would also be great in terms of dynasty value because one of the things that he has is a very big arm. And even though he has some turnover questions, especially this last season being more porous than the season before if he came out was able to come out in 2018 he would probably be um, picked higher than he is going to be picked now because he played much better that season had a lot less turnovers and all of a sudden his turnovers, turnovers spiked this season but much like um Jameis Winston quarterbacks that turn over the ball a lot are going to be throwing the ball a lot and a lot of them turn over the ball because they like to take risks well we love that in fantasy because that equals production fantasy points and production for receivers, for the quarterback themselves, and so I think that if they went Jordan Love, Jerry Judy would be an amazing pick for dynasty formats. Obviously, they'd probably be sitting Jordan Love for the first year, either behind um, Philip Rivers if they sign him, or Jacoby Brissett, but I do think that Jerry Judy would perform well enough in his rookie year to be a wide receiver too just because he's one of those guys that's always open so it doesn't really necessarily matter who the quarterback is it's just obviously the better the quarterback is will help him and his upside but I think he'll be a wide receiver too regardless this year if um, he lands with the Colts or pretty much anyone else then we have the Jaguars the Jaguars have and seem to be moving on with Gardner Minshew Nick Foles they're trying to trade him because of the Horrible contract that they gave him. And so they're moving forward with Gardner Minshew. They have DJ Chark. Um, obviously he broke out last year. They also have DD Westbrook. Keelan Cole's a free agent. So their main guys right now are DD and DJ. And so I think that CeeDee Lamb would actually be really good for them. He would be a great receiver. They could also use a guy like Henry Ruggs or LaVisca Chenault. Really, they could use any of those receivers in the back end of the first round because they have two first round picks. Um, one is at nine, I think, right after the Cardinals pick at eight. And then, yeah, the Jaguars have nine. And then their other is in the, the end of the teens or the early 20s. And I think that that would be the spot that they're primed to take a wide receiver if they're going to take one in the first. Otherwise, they probably take one in the second. And I would love that because Gardner Minch is actually a pretty good quarterback. He produced for DJ Chark. He produced for D.D. Westbrook. So I think if they get one of those top-end receivers – He's got a pretty good outlook in Jacksonville. Then we have the Saints. They don't have any extra draft capital, and they don't have any uh, cap space, so they just have a one, two, three, and four. The thing is, though, and a lot of um, the biggest reason that a lot of people are mocking wide receivers to the Saints is because they are in win now mode. Drew Brees is probably playing his last year this upcoming season, and they've made the playoffs every single year, and They have one of the most complete teams in the NFL. They just haven't been able to put it together. Partially, in my opinion, that's on the refs because the refs always screw the Saints, especially in the playoffs. But we saw two years in a row that something crazy happened to them. And then this past year was an unfortunate loss. But I think that they still have one of the best rosters. They want to give Drew Brees that extra weapon, considering that Michael Thomas had 150 catches and then they didn't have another person on their team in terms of receivers, get 50 catches or even 40. So they need another solid second receiver to pair with Michael Thomas and then Kamara coming out of the backfield. So I think that LaVisca, Justin Jefferson, those guys are in range. Um, But uh, Sean Payton is a great coach. He knows how to make anybody work. So I don't have a dream scenario for them because they can make anybody work. So we'll move on to another team that a lot of people haven't talked about, actually, for wide receivers, and that's the Panthers. For some reason, the Panthers are not being talked about in terms of trying to acquire wide receivers, and I'm not really sure why. Maybe there's something I'm missing. If there is, you can message me. Let me know. But from what I see looking at their roster, they have DJ Moore, they have Curtis Samuel. Those are their only two impact receivers, Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore are somewhat similar, DJ Moore is m- more well-rounded and better just in general, but that's all they have. Greg Olson just left, and he was getting older, so even if he stayed, that wouldn't be a big plus. Ian Thomas is a guy, he's athletic, he's big, he's a tight end, sure, but he's not one of these top-tier tight ends that really makes a huge difference in the passing game, at least I don't think so. And so they have DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey as their only two dynamic receivers. And then Curtis Samuel is a good gadget guy, but he's not one of the elite gadget guys. He's just, you know, somebody that can help you out from game to game with a couple plays. But he's not somebody that you can rely on. And they're rebuilding. And why would they not take advantage of a huge, huge wide receiver class this year? So that once they get their quarterback, because Cam's not going to be there long term, and we know Matt Rule is a a developer and he likes to build from ground up so they're probably not going to be a good team these next two or three years in terms of record and they may even be tanking for trevor lawrence hopefully they don't do that because i don't want trevor lawrence in my division unless he's a buccaneer but regardless they want to have a good supporting cast set around so that once they drop their quarterback in he's good to go he's got help it's never a good idea to drop in a rookie quarterback either behind a b- bad offensive line or with little weapons. Any situation where there's not good players around a rookie quarterback is not a good situation. I think Matt Rule knows that. He's building this organization, this team. I think he's going to try and grab one of these receivers. So keep an eye on the Panthers either in free agency or in the draft. Um more likely in the draft, but just keep an eye on them. Then we have the Packers. The Packers obviously need Much like the Saints need help for their elite wide receiver one, Michael Thomas, the Packers need the same for Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers can't just throw to Devontae Adams, and they're probably taking a receiver with their first or second pick. But this is only if they don't make a splash in free agency, and the Packers are one of the teams that I think is going to go to the free agent pool for wide receivers. So let's look at a couple of the wide receivers again that are free agents. Sammy Watkins, Mari Cooper, Robbie Anderson... Emmanuel Sanders, Taylor Gabriel, Brashad Perryman, and Nelson Aguilar. So I know earlier I said I had one wide receiver or one team in my dream scenarios, and I didn't reuse anybody. Well, I actually lied. I have two people for Green Bay, and both I think would be amazing fits. They don't sign both of them, but I think they could very realistically get one of these guys, along with Austin Hooper, but we're not talking about tight ends right now. Robbie Anderson or Brashad Perryman. So... A lot of people want to see Amari Cooper and Green Bay, but that's going to be way too expensive. I don't think that's something that can, they're going to be able to pull off. But Robbie Anderson and Brashad Perryman are very realistic options that might go to Green Bay. And if you think about it, I think that's the perfect complement for Devontae Adams. Because Devontae Adams is not an elite speed guy. And they tried to surround him with elite speed guys with M- MVS. Well, not elite, but very good speed. MVS, uh, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling has good speed, Geronimo-, Geronimo Allison had good speed, but they just weren't great receivers, not good enough to get the job done as a wide receiver too. So I think Robbie Anderson would be sick. He would be a wide receiver too in that offense um, for fantasy purposes, maybe a back end wide receiver two more of a top end wide receiver three but I would really really be interested in acquiring Robbie Anderson in fantasy leagues if he was a Green Bay Packer same with Brashad Perryman and I would actually rather see that because I think that would become a sleeper if Brashad Perryman was a Packer I'm sure he would be going no higher than the eighth round in fantasy drafts Um, he wouldn't be going higher than Curtis Samuel went last year and there's a lot of hype on Curtis Samuel he was going in the seventh sixth or seventh so I think Brashad Perryman that's like his ceiling in terms of where he's getting drafted in fantasy leagues. And I think he could well outperform that. From what I saw with him performing with the Buccaneers, especially with Evans and Godwin out, he showed that he can actually be one of those go-to guys. And he's probably the cheapest one in the free agent pool um, between him, Watkins, Cooper, Anderson, and Sanders. The only ones that might come cheaper than him are Aguilar or Gabriel. So I would love to see either Anderson or Perryman, In Green Bay, and I'd be extremely high on them. Then we have the Seahawks. There's one person that I want to see wear that uniform that's a wide receiver, and that is Justin Jefferson. He would complete their receiving core, and Russell Wilson would have a lot of help. He would be in the best situation in terms of receiving options that he's probably ever been in. Because you have DK developing, DK is an outside receiver. Then you have Tyler Laquette, who can go outside or inside and is fast, like very fast. He's one of the elite speed guys. And then, obviously, DK has a good 40, but he's just, in general, he's not super fast because he doesn't have great change of direction and whatnot. But DK's their big, dominant physical receiver. Then they have Tyler Lockett, who's their small, quick, take-things-to-the-house receiver. What is Justin Jefferson? The perfect middle ground. And he can also go into the slot and push Tyler Lockett out to the outside, Um, and Tyler Lockett will take the top off the defense. DK can also do that, and Justin Jefferson can just dominate the middle of the field and the intermediate routes. I really, really want to see Justin Jefferson go to the Seahawks. And I'm telling you this now. If Justin Jefferson is a Seattle Seahawk, there is probably no receiver in this draft that I will draft over him in fantasy, except for possibly my next Uh, dream scenario, which is CeeDee Lamb to the Cardinals. That would be the only person that I would draft over Justin Jefferson. And for dynasty purposes, maybe Henry Ruggs to the Eagles. But for redraft, 100%, the only person I'm taking over Justin Jefferson as of now would be CeeDee Lamb to the Cardinals. So let's talk about that fit. Kyler Murray played with CeeDee Lamb in college. CeeDee Lamb is a dominant receiver who prototypes as a elite number one in the future and a number one to start and I think that Kyler is telling Kingsbury and Steve Keim and the other decision makers on that draft come on give me CD give me CD give me CD because he loved him in college and they're gonna lose Larry Fitzgerald soon and then they have Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, Hakeem Butler, Keyshawn Johnson they have a bunch of good guys but they don't have the elite guy and think about it when you have a bunch of good receivers and add an elite receiver that changes your cornerback matchup for every receiver after that so if they have Ceedee lamb come in and become the number one and take the number one corner versus other teams all of a sudden christian kirk isn't seeing number one coverage he's seeing number two coverage all of a sudden larry fitzgerald isn't seeing number two coverage he's seeing number three coverage so on so forth that would improve their entire passing game their entire receiving core to a whole new it would put it to a whole new level and I really want to see that matchup also because I love Kyler and that would help Kyler out a lot. But I think that offense is due to take a big jump forward. They have one of the worst touchdown conversion rates in the red zone. And I think a lot of that is just because you had a rookie quarterback and a rookie coach. Cliff Kingsbury never coached in the NFL. And so you saw them get better as the season went along. Well, now that they have a whole offseason together and they can make all these minor adjustments, I think that that's going to be a sick, sick, offense next year i definitely think that they could be top 10 especially because their defense is not that great so cd lamb to the cardinals is my highest um fantasy producing matchup in my mind it's the best case scenario of any team realistic team receiver fit and cd lamb if he goes to the cardinals would probably be just because of how rookie receivers start in redraft he would probably be like between 14 16 for me it's hard for me to say because I haven't sat down and crunched projection numbers because free agency hasn't started. The draft hasn't started. But after that stuff happens, then I, I put in my like 80 hours of crunching numbers for all the teams and projecting every single player in fantasy. So obviously, you guys will get updates in once that happens. But as of right now, I'm assuming he would probably be around the 14 to 16, maybe 18 range. Um, but for dynasty purposes, if you don't need a running back, if you're stacked on running back, I always go running back. My, I always, whether redraft or if I'm going to be in a dynasty league or whatnot, if there's an elite running back or a top end running back, I'm taking that over the receiver every single day of the week. But if you have elite running backs already, if you have a room with four, three, four running backs, you only need to start two and you need some wide receivers. CeeDee Lamb is undoubtedly the 101 if he goes to the Cardinals. So I love that matchup. Then we have the Eagles. Talked about them already by pairing Henry Ruggs to them. They don't have much uh cap space or draft capital. So it'd be hard for them to trade up to get Henry Ruggs. He would kind of have to fall to them. Maybe they could trade up right in front of the Broncos with the Bucks. The Bucks could trade back four spots or five spots and uh with the Eagles and just get like a third or a fourth rounder out of it. Probably a third. Um so it just depends on the price that a team would ask for, most likely. I think the most likely team to do that would be the Bucks, because the Broncos is who you're scared of taking Henry Ruggs, especially because he's the perfect complement to Cortland Sutton. So, that's the only thing I think the Eagles would do in terms of like trading up. But likely, if Henry Ruggs falls to them, that would be good. If not, they're probably going to be settling for like, which is still a great situation. Settling for a, Laviska Chenault or maybe they go for Jalen Rager in the second. Hope he's there or KJ Hamler. I think any receiver that ends up in the Eagles, that's one of the best situations. Between the Cardinals, the Seahawks, the Packers, um, and the Saints, I think those are the best situations for receivers right now, Um, and the Colts depending on the future in terms of what they get quarterback-wise, but Eagles are definitely one of the best places for a receiver, rookie receiver to land. Then we have the Redskins. They had Terry McLaurin as a late-round pick from Ohio State last year breakout, hopefully they can do so again with a late round pick because they don't have much draft capital. They just have their regular one, two, three, and four. And then the Cowboys, lastly, are another team that people haven't been talking about with receiver. And you definitely won't be doing it in free agency. But like I said earlier, I'm assuming Amari Cooper leaves. If Amari Cooper leaves Dallas, what are they do what are they gonna do? They have Michael Gallup and Randall Cobb on his last legs. Cole Beasley's gone. Um, I'm not sure about the status of Tavon Austin, if he's even on that team anymore. Um, they've talked about Jerry Jones has said that, you know, he's thought about in the shower, bringing Des Bryant back, whatever that means. I mean, Des Bryant has been in the league for two years. What is he going to do? You think he's going to be an elite receiver again? You think he's going to be able to be your wide receiver one? No. So I really think that the Cowboys are a sleeper team to draft a wide receiver, especially if they... I mean, if they're smart and they re-sign Dak and they put all that money into Dak, they better make sure that they don't look stupid and he better have a good supporting cast. So if they're going to lose Amari Cooper, every single stat c- category, I remember this from last year when I was projecting out Dak Prescott. One of the reasons I, I hit on him, because I had him as like my quarterback four or quarterback five. One of the reasons I hit on him was because I dug deep into his connection with Amari Cooper And how much of a difference Amari Cooper made when Amari Cooper got added that first year, even that first year in the middle of the season with nothing to go off of, like no prior experience with each other, no training camp, no practices, nothing. Amari Cooper elevated Dak Prescott in every single quarterback category, completion rate, touchdown percentage, QBR, everything. And so we saw that continue all last year. Amari Cooper was on the field. Dak Prescott was a top five quarterback or either five or six. I don't remember. Yeah, he was definitely a top five. He was a top five quarterback last year. So if you lose Amari and you just re-signed Dak and put all this money in Dak, you're going to look really bad when he regresses to what he was, which was still decent, but not what you're going to be paying him for, when he regresses to what he was before Amari Cooper was there. So if they lose Amari, which I think would be horrible for the Cowboys organization, they might need to draft a receiver. And obviously, if they lose Amari because they won't pay him, they're not going to be able to pay a different free agent receiver except for maybe bringing in Des Bryant. But once again, I don't think that does anything. So those are the landing spots for the best landing spots and what I think that they can mean for wide receivers in fantasy. For this season, we went over the rookies, we went over the free agents, and I gave you some of the draft capital for teams that are in need of receiver and highlighted some cap space problems or issues with some of the teams so that's what we got for you today hope you guys enjoy it remember you can follow us deep dive fantasy football on instagram at deep dive ff on twitter deep dive has my huge wide receiver article for the rookies i break down my top 20 i give you their strengths concerns uh nfl pro comparison their best season from college some landing spots, kind of like what we were doing today, just in a shorter version. And then I ha also have all their combine numbers right there for you. So it's pretty much all you would need um when looking at the receivers, other than actually watching film or watching highlights or whatever you would like to do. But in terms of consuming information, everything you need is there. So you can check that out. And then remember you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gabor. That's Brandon Like the City. Gabor is G-H-A-B-B-O-U-R. And that's it for a Today, divers. So, enjoy your day. Have a good one.